Welcome to Greater Finance Daily. We bring you the latest from the ongoing crypto and fintech revolution. And I am Gustav. And I'm Alex. And today is Monday the 30th of August. What is going on, Alex? I mean, there is so much going on in this industry and we know how hard it is to keep up to date. So we've therefore made it our mission to to do so while having fun and learning as much as possible. Exactly. We have really made it our mission to to learn and have fun at the same time. And uh, what can we say about the market today? Bitcoin price is hovering around 48,000, Ethereum around 3,200. We're speaking dollars, of course. And the total value locked in different DeFi protocols, according to DeFi Pulse, is $82 billion. And the biggest protocol is still Aave at around 15.8% uh, of the market. And Bitcoin active addresses over a month-to-month basis is down to 15.5 millions after having a, almost reached 20 million uh, earlier this year. But what are we going to talk about in today? Or do you have any takes on the market? Wow, I mean, the market is quite slow right now. Not much has been happening, especially the last week. I think we've been range-bound between 46,000 and 50,000. And uh, the volume is basically low. Uh, however, we, we've seen Bitcoin trading in this uh, kind of range uh, in the past. And the longer it's in there, the, the bigger the moves tend to be. So... Whenever the big move happens, uh, we might expect a, a quite quite a big move, uh, either to the yeah. upside or downside. Yeah, yeah. Just let let it hope hope it's it's going on the upside, but you never know. Well, we have some topics today that we have prepared that we're gonna share with you. Would you like us to? Would you like to walk them through? Which are they? Yeah, of course. We're going to start off by talking a bit about NFT because CryptoPunks have been blasting past 1 billion in total sales. I think they, they've been there are around 1.1 billion in total, sale, total sales right now, if I'm not wrong. Exactly. And then we're going to talk a little bit about Cuba joining El Salvador to recognize crypto. Uh, Square's Jack Dorsey, the CEO, and his plans to building a decentralized crypto exchange. We're also taking a look at what Fed is doing with its bond buying of 120 million a month and also some hot news in the never ending buy now, pay later industry. We are jumping straight into the first hot topic of the day, which is crypto punks that blasts past one billion in lifetime sales as NFT speculation surge. Alex, what, what is all this about? Yeah, it's basically about an NFT market that is literally pumping right now. We talked about the sales volume. And if you look about over the last 30 days, CryptoPunk's total sales, vo- sales volume is up over 550%. But that's quite shy if you compare it to other NFTs. There is one called Pudgy Penguins, which is quite famous right now. It has a 30 30-day volume uh, increase with 24,000%. So there's quite a lot going on there. That's a lot. And, Would you like to have a penguin? Uh, I mean, I don't really get it. I'm part of the JPEG mania, like the me, the JPEG side. What, what's the difference, Gustav? Do you know? Do you really know? I, <laughs> I don't Between really Between a JPEG it. and a NFT? 
Yeah. Uh, the NFT is unique, you know? You can't copy. Yeah, it's, it's something you can store them on the Ethereum blockchain. Exactly. Connected uh, to your cryptographic keys or something. Yeah, what's, I, the I guess... thing, what's the thing with the JPEG thing you said? It's it's uh, the, the guys who don't believe in NFT, they are called the JPEG uh, army or... I mean, they just take a copy-paste of the, the JPEG picture and say, hey, now I own it on my computer. Uh, I think there's a half true in that. But I'm sure NFT have a future. Anyway, so um, someone who's been bringing some extra attention into this is Visa, who literally bought one of the CryptoPunks. And, the, um, big, uh, the big guys, Visa guys. Yeah, the Visa guys, the payment provider. And exactly. uh, I think there are 10,000 of these CryptoPunks. And they paid 150,000 US dollars for a single one. That's but all. the funny thing here is that at the same time as they bought this, they released a very bullish report on NFTs. And then you can only guess what happened with the price of NFTs in general. What do you think happened, Gustav? It continued up. Yeah, it continued to pump. And as we're sitting here talking now, I'm checking the floor, floor price of CryptoPunks. The cheapest one for sale right now is for 350,000 US dollars. So... Within a week, Visa has made more than 2x return if they sell it now. <laughs> but that's pocket money for them. They don't care. You would be a lucky guy if you owned one of the original CryptoPunks. We will see what they are worth in half a year or a year from now. Do you think they're more or less worth? I have no clue. I'm not going to try to speculate here. <laughs> I've been wrong so many times when trying to speculate. So it's only uh... up from here, I hope. I guess, um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, what do you think about apes and the pudgy penguins and the ether rock? And I mean, it's like all of them selling for an extreme price right now. It reminds me so much of the ICO mania back in 2017. Yeah, I'm not that into all of these NFTs yet, but I do believe that this is this will take a huge role in the future. But anyway, should we jump to our next topic? Let's do it. So that is Cuba that joins El Salvador to recognize and regulate cryptocurrencies. And that is basically something that we recognized in, according to Al Jazeera, that the Caribbean nation's central bank will establish rules for mainstreaming um, cryptocurrency transactions. And uh, Cuban authorities are also expected to distribute relevant licenses to businesses based on the crypto-related services they provide. And some sources claim that the move to allow cryptocurrency as a legal tender has been well-received by the Cuba's tech-savvy population as the country had to temporarily stop accepting cash bank deposits in the in United States dollars given tighter restrictions set by the former US president Donald Trump. I mean this is a kind of huge things news coming out for Bitcoin. It's first it was El Salvador, now it's Cuba and uh, having this thing with the countries being more positive towards adopting and regulating and making businesses making it possible for businesses to to use uh, buy and sell and hold cryptocurrencies that i think that's that's really interesting well what are your takes on this yeah i definitely think it's something good i mean the more options the better uh, it's an a free if it goes uh, if it becomes legal tender there as well as it has become in el salvador 
I think people there will have an option to to put their savings into a cryptocurrency. And as I understand it, as of now, I think Cuba has a big problem with inflation. Uh, I read one of Michael Goldstein's pieces about Cuba, and it seems to be quite quite bad times there right now. And mm. um, like in general, all these uh, countries with high inflation having more options to put their savings into a cryptocurrency, for example, Bitcoin. I mean, it can only be good. I mean, if they don't want to go in there, they can just keep it in the in the normal currency they have. Yeah. There. I mean, if we have any listeners who are really good at those stuff, wh- whether this is good or bad for the country and so on, please contact us on uh, info at greater.finance. But what I do know is that there there is similar to what is going on in El Salvador with the remittance fees. That's something that you can greatly improved by sending money home back to your relatives and so on with Bitcoin instead of dollars, where up to 30% of your transaction can disappear in remittance fees. Jack Mullers, he's already solved that problem, basically. And it, now it's basically all about regulations and laws in countries to, to allow it to happen. Yeah, think, exactly, exactly. With their service, with Jack Mullers' service, you can basically send... I think it's for free. There is not even like a 0.1% charged. So, but, but of course it's not allowed due to, to regulations and laws right now. Might be too yeah. uncertain. I don't know. You know, Jack Dorsey, the CEO of Twitter and Square and so on, he plans to build a decentralized Bitcoin exchange. What's that all about? Yeah, it's exactly as you say there, a decentralized Bitcoin exchange. Because as you know, today, if you want to buy Bitcoin, you either have to use Coinbase, Kraken or Binance or or wherever you're basically uh, turning your fiat currencies into cryptocurrencies. And uh, the one in charge for this project, his name is Mike Brock, and he actually put out a quite interesting tweet the other day. So he basically said that this is the problem we're going to solve. Make it easy to fund a non-custodial wallet anywhere in the world through a platform to build on and off ramps into Bitcoin. So you can think about this as a decentralized exchange for fiat. That's really cool. As we were talking about Cuba and El Salvador and, and all the other countries that might not have access to Coinbase or any other centralized exchange, I mean, this is great news for them. Yeah, I listened to Jack and Elon Musk and I think it was Katie Wood or someone, and they spoke. Jack got the question, "What is the most interesting thing or most important thing for you right now?" And he said that it's Bitcoin and it. He believes that that is Bitcoin has the most potential to affect as many as much people as possible in a positive way of anything of the things he works on. So he's really committed and convinced that this is something that is good for the world. So I really think this is super nice that a, 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 a listed company, a public company like Square, is now joining the community and contributing to open source development. So let's follow up and see what happens here. I think there's a really, really interesting future on this. Yeah, I think if I can just add one thing there, because Jack, he's, I think he's living in Nigeria or something, and he travels to a lot of poor countries and he sees these problems firsthand. So he kind of understands what's going on. That's good, yeah. Anyway, another entity, the Fed, continues its 120 billion dollar bond buying per month for the rest of 2021 so that is another 480 billion dollars going straight into the bonds uh, for the rest of the year which 
I believe will have further, which will put further upside on the Bitcoin price and S&P and stocks and everything. Isn't it crazy? I don't know how this really works, but that sounds like so much money going into the system. Yeah, definitely. And uh, I think even you mentioned the S&P 500. I think it already made a new all-time high. If I got it correctly <laughs> last Friday when this was announced. And um, yeah. I mean, that's the big topic, especially in the Bitcoin world. Hmm. When Whenever Powell is there with the printing press, he's putting more money into the, into the economy. Um, but as you said, it, it, it's quite uh, a hard, it's quite hard to understand exactly the process of of where all the money goes. And uh, it's not as straightforward as whenever the the Fed buys something and add it to its balance sheet. It not automatically mm. means that all the money goes into the public. Yeah, if, if we have some listeners who are, who are very into this, please contact us. You can join an episode and we can talk about where the Fed's money actually go in the society. Yeah. Anyway, our last topic of the day. Or do you want to say something more? Yeah, I actually want to say something more because I think this is such an important and, and interesting topic. So, uh, you know, Powell actually said that he was uh, recognizing that the consumer prices had seen a sharp run up. But he was uh, thinking that, that the, the wages were lagging. So at the end of the day, the inflation won't be, be that excessive. It will only have this transitory period and it will be better quite soon but then you have other fed officials that have been warning that the that the measures are likely to to create the runaway inflation for example uh, jim bullard was saying that you had another one called robert kaplan both of them were really concerned of what powell was doing right now mm. yeah we have the the big short guy what's his name um michael burry he also believes now that we will have huge inflation coming anyway buy now pay later hotter than ever before our last topic of the day and uh, alex what is buy now pay later do you know that wow uh, by the words i'd say you buy something now you lend money from somewhere and then you pay it back later but you get the gift or the the good that you're buying you get it today exactly it's uh, in Sweden, we have one of the world's most famous or biggest fintechs in this area, and it's Plana, uh, that have become famous in the fintech world all over the world. And uh, we have from Australia, we have Afterpay, US, we have Affirm. And this news is actually about a firm that uh, is now teaming up with Amazon to provide buy now, pay later options for Amazon customers. I've not got in too too deep into this news, but it seems to be uh, very interesting. And uh, earlier this year, we saw that Apple teamed up with I think what was uh, more oh, which bank was it? Is it J.P. Morgan or one of the others? But anyway, to provide the buy now pay later options for Apple customers, and that made all the buy now pay later fintechs to drop about ten percent in their stock prices. So a firm um etc dropped and of course we also saw that square bought or has tried to buy afterpay at least we'll see during the spring if that um that the acquisition goes through uh so it's a so interesting area with buy now pay later and all fintechs 
they are focusing on this area now. And I think it's a very, very crowded area. And uh, it will be really interesting to see when this starts to happen in, in crypto. Of course, we have some adoption with payments, and so that needs to come first. But I believe that we will start to see buy now, pay later in, in crypto within the nearest, say, two, three, four, five years, something like that. Isn't it reminding a bit of regular credit? Like I'm going to the store buying with my credit card. Do you know the difference there between the credit card and the buy now, pay later? Yeah, it's it's similar in in in, pra- in in practice. It is so. Then there are differences in, in behind the scenes, but uh, and uh, obviously you can build this without the card network. And you even see uh, other forms of buy now pay later as get salary work later. <laughs> so uh, I don't remember which company it is, but uh, it's been a trend for many years. But but. Yeah. Anyway, it's a huge thing in fintech and uh, a way for many, many fintechs to to actually earn money uh, is the buy now, pay later option. And it's not, of course, good for people who can't really, or, or they buy more than they can actually pay later with or for. So that's not good. Anyway, that was the topics of the day. Yes. And make sure to tune in tomorrow because then we have another episode release as well. Exactly. And you find us at greater.finance and you contact us at info at greater.finance or you find us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Both me and Alex are everywhere there. Talk to you later and see you tomorrow, Alex. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.